1: Before there was IMDb.com, there was Zach and Dustin. Congrats. You found $2 Late Fee, the best 80s movies podcast in the world. We
2: revisit our favorite 80s movies. And sometimes 90s. And soundtracks from our youth. And then we interview our favorite people who help make them. All in the spirit of nostalgic positivity. Thanks for listening.
1: Wyatt and Gary were a little unpopular.
0: (laughs) So they decided to do a little something about it. She's alive. Alive! I'm going to show you guys the time of your life. It was the biggest
1: mistake they ever made. And the best thing that ever happened to them.
0: It's purely sexual.
1: (laughs) Weird Science, rated PG 13. Now at select theaters, check newspapers.
2: Season five, we're here. We made it. Did we make it? Are we, we here? We're,
1: uh, I'm present. I'm present. <laughs> I believe that the fifth year, uh, the, the, the present for the fifth year is is wood, something wood. Oh, um oh, So you really? can put that away in your pants. <laughs> no, I was thinking, you know, uh, maybe uh, like mutual cutting boards or something like that.
2: Yes, that could work.
1: So, so wood is good. Wood is appropriate. So, oh, wood is yeah. good. Wood is, wood
2: good. is so good, yeah. and <laughs> it's kind of perfect that you make slightly a teenage uh, sex jokes because this is a teenage sex comedy.
1: Yes, it is. Weird Science,
2: nineteen eighty five. Um, we have done, I believe. Three or four movies back to back from 1985, ending oh. in uh, in season four. What? We did Rocky Four. Oh. We did uh, Tough Turf. I believe oh. was 85 as well. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Bam. 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 So many 85 movies going into the new season, rolling into season five now. Oh my gosh!
1: It's funny. I don't. Re- I used to when we started doing this. I really paid attention to years. And I was like, oh, you know, we can't have too many years back to back and all this stuff. And now I'm just like, I
2: don't know. It even, doesn't even register. In my mind, it, it works better now because I'm only pulling a couple fun facts at the end of the episode. And then we wrap up the month with a fun trivia based around not just the year, but more about the movie. You know, it could be a theme when we do our trivia on YouTube. And if you're not subscribed to our YouTube page, go to our YouTube page and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button like a couple of our videos watch a couple of our videos they're they're really good you know 85s come up a lot for sure 85 has come up as as many times i'd say as 87 perhaps and 87 right. tends to be one of our more favorite years when it overall when it with movies well
1: right we were really big into the 87s because we were like uh 35th anniversary 35th anniversary of this 35th anniversary of that um of course now in 2024 we're talking about 40-year anniversaries of movies.
2: 40-year anniversaries.
1: It just freaks me out. It just freaks me out, man. It's not not in a good way. I don't feel great about the fact that Ghostbusters turns 40 this year. I don't like it. I don't like you it. You don't like it? I don't like it.
2: Well, let's unpack that. What, what, what is it What is it that makes you feel uncomfortable about that?
1: Well, because it's just like it, it feels impossible to me. You know, like um, when we started doing this podcast... And we're like talking about nostalgia 30 years ago. That seems fine, right? 30 years ago, whatever. We're not too removed. We're not too close to it. We're just like, that's a nice sweet spot. Now, 40 years removed from something just feels kind of impossible in a way uh, when it comes to (laughs) 80s movies. It doesn't feel, you know, it doesn't feel right. It feels like, uh, you know, uh, not too long ago, I'm dressing up like, you know, Dr. Venkman. For uh, I'm actually making up a Halloween because I never dressed up like Doctor Bankman. Oh, I was
2: gonna say if you did, that would have been amazing. Like Doctor Bankman <laughs> in his casual clothes, that would have been amazing.
1: That would be a really good costume. Doctor, I Venkman would love to see that in his casual clothes. Sold. I'll, that's this. That's this year's Halloween. Anyway, I just um <laughs> yeah. It it you know, forty years is so significant, and you know. Here we are. I mean, I guess we glossed over some because we, you know, uh, movies that came out in 81, 82, 83. We didn't really talk about There's no 40 year. We haven't done any 40 years.
2: I guess if we looked at the list, we would probably go, oh, yeah, that one stands out. Oh, yeah, that one stands out. But we haven't covered a lot of those movies. I don't think because they don't resonate with us the way a movie like Weird Science does, for example. Um, You know, Rad, Thrashing. Uh, Rocky Four, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's the age. It's the age, probably, when we watch these movies. You know, Uh, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. Not really, but I'm I'm in the same boat with you because a friend of mine uh, just messaged me not that long ago and he said, Are you going to the 30th reunion for your high school for uh, our 30 year reunion? Right. Right. (laughs) I said, Oh my God, it's been 30 years. (laughs) You graduated high
1: school in 94. Yes. Yeah. And I right. said
2: no. I'm not. So <laughs> I have right. no desire.
1: Well, you could probably impress all your bullies.
2: Oh, I did at my tenure.
1: Oh, at your tenure, you impressed everybody. All right, so you got that. I out went of the to way.
2: the tenure. Yeah, or maybe was it five? No, it was it was a tenure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was my tenure, and I was happy about like showing up, having my moment, and then leaving. You know? Okay. Everybody who. You know, was cool in high school wasn't so cool anymore.
1: Right, I assume you were shirtless.
2: Of course. Yeah, and actually, I was wearing uh uh somewhat of a tuxedo shirt with oh. a very open shirt with an. But I was big into necklaces at the time.
1: Okay, so maybe it we wasn't need to too interview some of these classmates to see <laughs> what kind of impression you left. Oh like, yeah, Zach is a pimp now, literally. <laughs>
2: I was no, I was a rock star, man. I was living in Los Angeles, and you know, had my long hair and my highlights, and feeling cool. And- okay, right,
1: right. So, uh, just to uh, for a timeline thing, it's my twenty years in LA this month.
2: Oh wow! Is that happy you? anniversary? Yeah. Uh, thanks,
1: thanks. Yeah, next next week. Um, it's
2: my twenty years as well.
1: Right, because you said ten years. You said you were living in LA when you went to your ten years, so that would be yeah. Um, I right. just
2: moved to LA. It was the summer of of oh four of two thousand four. Yeah.
1: Okay, so you just moved to LA. You're like a time for a tuxedo shirt, <laughs> and I'm gonna go back it's from Express. I'm gonna go back and and <laughs> and all right. So you so now twenty years beyond that, you don't need to be uh, going back for your thirty.
2: No, the yeah. only time I want to go back is when I'm listening to that Eddie Money song. <laughs>
1: Would there be any friends that you'd want to see there outside of, you know, the ones you already see? No.
2: I a handful of friends, but not, not enough to, for me to go. Oh yeah. I want to go back to Monta Vista. I was thinking about when we were getting ready to record this episode, I was thinking, Oh, did we cover weird science or discuss it when we talked about our top five bullies episode? And in that episode, which we recorded, I think two or three years ago, I detailed a lot of fun, not so fun moments from my high school
1: uh, yeah, time,
2: <laughs> my time in high school. It's, it's all very you know? pertinent, so, I think.
1: This movie, talking about bullies, talking about going back.
2: This movie it's, triggered me uh, a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this movie uh, is very bully heavy. Everyone's a bully.
2: Very bully heavy. It's about sex and bullies, basically. Yeah,
1: sex bullies and nerds, and nerds. And nerds yeah. Which is interesting because I um I don't own Weird Science uh physical physical copy. I don't I don't uh I don't I'm not a card carrying Weird Science uh, member uh, officially. So I had to stream okay. it, and in the description for the streaming, I thought it was really interesting because it was like it was just one of those classic things of like nobody. Nobody watched this or nobody has any idea because it just said like two computer hackers make a a woman and uh, learn the ways of love or something. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about?
2: <laughs> what? Two computer hackers. Yeah, it's
1: it's really doesn't uh, encapsulate this movie at all.
2: I'd like to call this uh, a teenage version of Mary Poppins. Well, no one creates Mary Poppins, right? No, but she just kind of magically appears, right? It's well, that's
1: interesting because Mary Poppins kind of like goes where she's needed, like where there's kids in trouble that need her help. She appears, she does her business, and then she's flies off to the next one. Now this, this has like the Frankenstein, you know, right? It's literally referencing Doctor Frankenstein. It's Definitely. alive. Yeah. She's alive. With, uh, you know, and spoiler alert, it's like you know they create Lisa, and then it is like, well. I've done my job. I'll be moving on like Mary Poppins. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. And there's tears like the kids crying at the end of Mary Poppins. And I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we have a lot to talk about in the problematic right. department with this movie. Uh, but, but okay. Before we get to all of that stuff, it's our season five premiere. Welcome back, everybody. We didn't right. go anywhere. <laughs> we took our month off, but we had a month of uh, bonus programming, on our two dollar late fee feed with territory marks and our Comic Con panels,
1: we gave you no time to miss us.
2: No time, but enough time for us to for you to go. What have these guys been up to since? No, I don't think
1: so. I don't think so. Last <laughs> since week. last week? No, <laughs> no. Actually, no. There's no. no there's no difference true. for you guys, right?
2: It is for us though. Like actually having a proper right. episode where we talk about a movie. We Th- haven't really is, talked about
1: a movie in a while. Yes. it's been a while. That is true.
2: Yeah, so there you go. It's and and obviously we always connect. If you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, we always connect whatever movie we're doing with the upcoming guest. Our upcoming guest will be Suzanne Snyder next week. She, of course, was in Weird Science and a lot of other movies as well that we talk about in the interview with Suzanne. So next week you'll hear yeah, all she plays of that.
1: Deb, the blonde love interest of not Hilly, not Hilly. That's Judy Aronson. Uh, yes. Yes. Deb uh, is the love interest of Anthony Michael Hall's character, Gary. Uh, well, I mean, eventually Gary that's she becomes the love interest, but yeah, certainly doesn't start off that way.
2: No, she does not, and dare I say, uh, it's very uh, authentic when it comes to the way boyfriends and girlfriends worked in high school. Oh my God, should I date him because he's popular? Oh my God, he's cool. And if we don't date each other, then like no one's going to talk to us anymore. Yeah. <sighs> but that's a real it's, thing.
1: It's pretty funny because, uh, well, if you are tuning in for the first time, welcome, welcome. It's important to note that Weird Science probably is up there as far as more of a mainstream summer movie. We we don't always get this level of... Um, you know, mainstream (laughs) dome.
2: No, we don't. And and in fact, we, and we have guests on our show that are in very well-known mainstream movies, and we tend to go a little bit more on the cult side or, or, you know, um, B side. Right. A little more obscure. I mean, certainly A-list
1: Hollywood and stuff, but like John Hughes, like, no, we haven't touched John Hughes. this is our first John Hughes movie. Yes.
2: you're right. You're right because I was thinking about well, I you know when we talk about Elon, for example, talk about uh, Wildlife was even though it's a, considered right. a cult movie. Who I plays feel like Who it's plays Wyatt? Dream cult Mitchell movie.
1: Mitchell S- Smith
2: plays Wyatt. Yep. Yeah. And uh, right after this is a year after the Wildlife because that came out in 1984, I believe. But I think when we were looking at Suzanne Snyder's kind of resume of work, we thought yeah we could do something a little bit more off kilter like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Or we could do something more mainstream for our season yeah. five premiere. Last year's season premiere was Pretty Woman, and that is as mainstream yeah. as it gets. I think this is probably, even though I know this is a very popular movie across the board, it's one of the l- more raunchy John Hughes movies out of his yeah, body. It ability, is. It's very. It's
1: very raunchy. Um, you know, presumably. If you're listening to this, you've seen weird science, right? You're not coming in cold. Um, right. But if you are, that's fine, too, because we're going to walk you through the the bullet points, the major points. Um, but it is yeah. important to say, too, that we had uh, last season, Robert Rustler uh, was a guest on our show. Robert Rustler plays Max, one of the bullies, along with, with uh, Robert Downey Jr., uh, he shared a lot of stories about how this film changed his life. So it is like kind of like we talked about it a little bit, but just just with Robert Russell. So if you want to uh, we really primarily talked about Thrashing, <laughs> um, which is another, you know, amazing movie. But Robert, you know, it was like one of those like I'm about to give up acting, gets the audition, lands the audition. Boom. I have an 80s career.
2: Yeah, I would suggest going back and listening to that interview, if you haven't already, Um, if you are a fan of this movie and you found us because, oh, I love Weird Science and I'm going to check these guys out, because Robert, like you said, Dustin, gave a lot of insight into his experience with Weird Science. I don't think we even intended to talk about Weird Science as much as we did with him. But then, of course, getting Suzanne on, she has her own perspective as well. And you'll hear that next week, but yeah, it's it's cool. Like I think in a way, the universe was saying, "You got to talk about weird science. You got to talk about weird science." And then I watched it, and to be honest with you, it was the first time I had watched it in at yeah, least yeah. ten years. You know, maybe twenty, maybe twenty. Probably not. I you think I probably watched
1: it. it before you went to your ten year reunion, and that's probably the last time. Just to get pumped up.
2: I'm sure I did. And I will say, when I was a kid, though. When I was nine, I probably saw it when I was 10, at least 10. I yep. watched this a lot and it probably contributed to a big part of my puberty.
1: <laughs> That's why you went through puberty. It probably you it accelerated you. Um,
2: it definitely yeah, did. No,
1: I mean, I totally the same way. You know, uh, this movie, huge rotation, you know, quoting all the all the things. Of course, it's interesting to watch it now contextually and be like, Oh, I didn't understand that. Or I didn't, you know, there there's just a lot of a lot of moments in this movie where even we're referencing certain things. Um, I I think this movie taught me what the word catatonic meant. I remember that significantly. Yeah. <laughs> really? Um, really? <laughs> I remember being like, "Thank you, Bill Paxton." That's funny. Um, what a great use of catatonic <laughs> in a movie. But, you know, yeah, uh, rewatching it now with with those fresh eyes, you do see Um, A lot of problematic language, situations, um, a lot of problems. Just a lot of problems. And even from a story perspective, it's like, wait, what? That's how they made Lisa? Oh,
2: okay. (laughs) Oh, I I didn't know you were going to go directly to that problematic part. I thought you were going to go to the part of like, You know, one moment Gary's complaining about how he has no money, and the next minute they're throwing $100 bills at people in the blues bar. Mm, So
1: right, Right.
2: we don't need to, like, necessarily talk about a whole lot of backstory or or behind-the-scenes stuff, but John Hughes was not, you know, you guys all know John Hughes' resume, right? Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink. For me, some kind of wonderful. Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Ferris Bueller, Dutch. Dutch. Um, Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> planes trains and automobiles etc cetera, etc cetera. but you know he was he was getting ready to make breakfast club soon after this movie and i think that was the one that was maybe more near and dear to his heart it's so weird seeing breakfast club now oh 16 right. candles right uh it's so weird seeing breakfast knowing breakfast club came out the same year and anthony michael hall looks so yes. different in this one, like what a haircut can do a haircut and fashionable clothes can do to really change your appearance. Cause he doesn't look the same to me. He looks like he's, he looks like he's at least a year older in weird science than he does in.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do wonder about that. It it does feel like they, that they did shoot this, you know, uh, maybe a couple years apart because there's even a scene in, in this movie where, you know, Gary's parents have his dad forgets who he is conveniently. And, um, And mom is holding (laughs) up Anthony Michael Hall's headshot from, you know, uh, 16 Candles and, you know, and, and you're like, wow, like that's (laughs) even, that's the same guy. Um, right. Cause 16 Candles, he's like teeny breakfast club,
2: a little bigger. He's 16 in Weird Science. Right. He was was 16. He and Elon, well, he might have been 17, but he and Elon are both teenagers when they made this movie. Uh, Yeah. And then Kelly LeBrock, the star of this, who we may or may not have mentioned in the beginning, but Kelly LeBrock, the star, she was 23 when she made this movie, or 23 or 24.
1: Right. Well, her character is certainly 23, so.
2: And she's making out with Elon at one point.
1: A 15-year-old. Right.
2: That's my problematic thing.
1: <laughs> right. That's real. Yeah. You're like a 23, like a 23 year old woman wanting to make out with a 15 year old. Now, of course, if you are following along with the story, you're saying, well, he made her, you know, he, he, these guys. Okay guys here, just a quick break. Here's the, here's the premise for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know what weird science is about, you've got Gary and Wyatt, Anthony, Michael Hall and Alana Mitchell Smith. Those guys uh, play uh, Gary and Wyatt, two down-on-their-luck losers, if you will, who are tired of the loser life, and they decide one Friday night to make a woman, make a girl on uh, Wyatt's computer. And they do, and Lisa is born. She's gorgeous. She's played by Kelly LeBrock. And instantly, overnight, their lives get better because Lisa is also has these magical powers um that are never explained uh we just kind of go with it we're like Lisa can do whatever she wants whenever she wants um that's kind of what she says at some point you know like i can do whatever i want it's all about like the growth of gary and wyatt together as friends and uh you know popularity what what's the true meaning of uh you know what you have—friendship, high school. You know what's it all about. There have been a lot of reports that John Hughes, you know, was more focused on Breakfast Club. That's the movie he did want to make. You can kind of see how this becomes, you know, almost an afterthought. It's 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 just a raunchy teen comedy that rolls along uh, at a pretty at a, at a clip at a pretty good pace. It's
2: brisk. It's really brisk. You were saying that he was more focused on Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club came out in February of 85. Weird Science came out in August of 85.
1: Okay, interesting, right.
2: You know, notoriously, February is a terrible month for movies to be released. So I'm curious about that. But yeah, like the pacing of this, it does move along really quickly.
1: Yeah, because you kind of go from like Lisa's creation to like, let's go to the mall to... You know, let's have a party to, um, you know, the aftermath.
2: We have our girlfriends, and then the movie yeah, ends. Yeah. Basically, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, it's it's really uh, over the course of a weekend. I think if you're really tracking it, you're like they create her on Friday, and I think is the is the party Saturday night. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because Chet's in town, the parents are out yeah. of town because they're uh, Wyatt has a older sister. And an older brother, Chet, played by Bill Paxton. Rest in peace. Let's be honest, the true highlight of this movie, like yeah. beyond a shadow of a doubt, the best part of Weird Science is Chet. Um it's Chet, yep. But yeah, he's there to watch Gary and Wyatt, mostly Wyatt. And also, yeah, they're two nerdy kids who, who quote unquote, you know, can never get a girl. But they are two nerdy, privileged kids, at least yes. Wyatt is. And this is a little bit of the world that John Hughes paints as well in most of his, a lot of his movies, is this privileged world. Right. I think that's why I loved Some Kind of Wonderful, and I'm hoping we cover that movie later this year. hmm Who knows? Maybe we can get Craig Sheffer on the show. Uh, but, or Leah Thompson. Well, yeah. Yeah, or Eric Stoltz, Shoot for the Moon. Um,
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Like this world of privilege. I'm because I'm, the movie opens up in Wyatt's home, and I'm like, damn, this guy is loaded. Like, this family, Ferris Bueller's family, was loaded. You know, mm-hmm. um, 16 Candles, Molly Ringwald's family was loaded. We're looking yeah. at like they lived, they live in mansions. They live in mansions. Yes. There's something a little alienating about that. I know, look, I love John Hughes. I know you do too. But his movies definitely are catered towards a particular type of person. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah. It's like upper class Chicago. Like that's the, the recurring theme in these movies. And you know, when you're a kid and you see like Ferris Bueller playing with all that stuff, that's, it's meant to be really cool and you're meant to want all these things. And it's the same thing in this movie with Wyatt and, you know, his computer and his room and you know, I think when this came out in '85, you know, th- these are not things that w- that I'm, you know, aware of, right? As a as a as a child under the age of ten, you know, these are not uh, huge themes. But of course, now it's it's so evident, and you you almost can't avoid it. But it does make you. Um, you You feel a certain way about it you you don't necessarily sympathize with their plight outside of them being losers, right you are still kind of like, all right, well, but you you know you guys come from loving homes
2: <laughs> right, <laughs> they really do,
1: yeah, things seem to be I mean chet sucks, but like yeah, he's in military school most of the time
2: yeah that 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 explains why he's such an asshole, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: But it's it's interesting cuz the 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 sort of the relationship with Gary and Wyatt like it's pretty solid like I totally buy right like these guys are are best friends that they pretty much just hang out with each other and Gary occasionally embellishes like oh I've got a girlfriend in Canada which he also um, has
2: in Breakfast Club as well
1: right it's a big it's a big thing it's yeah. a big theme there's always a a, a girlfriend in Canada <laughs> um it's one of my favorite sort of callbacks in in Avenue Q the musical which is the kind of a really messed up uh Sesame Street yeah I don't know if you've seen it or heard of it
2: I've heard of it yeah
1: it's it's really I I don't love musicals I love Avenue Q but it is like
2: that's where Kristen heard Chardondenfried or short uh, Freud yeah that's where yes. she heard that for the first time
1: yes that's that is uh, from that that uh, from that show but there was a whole song about you know my girlfriend who lives in Canada
2: oh really that's that's, funny. that's an
1: entire song it's about a you know it's a closeted character basically singing like no 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 you know he's he just doesn't want to come out of the closet but it's it's no different than any of uh any of uh you know dudes in the 80s being like yeah yeah you don't know her she lives in Canada of course <laughs> like in today's day and age you know that's why social media what's her handle let's check her out oh yeah yeah she doesn't exist
0: I wish you could meet my girlfriend, my girlfriend who lives in Canada. She couldn't be sweeter, I wish you could meet her, my girlfriend who lives in Canada. Her name is Alberta, she lives in Vancouver. She cooks like my mother and sucks like a Hoover. (laughs) I email her every single day just to make sure that everything's okay. It's a pity she lives so far away in Canada. Last week she was here but she had the flu. Too bad, cause I wanted to introduce her to you. It's so sad, there wasn't a thing that she could do but stay in bed, with her legs up over her head. Oh! I wish you could meet my girlfriend, but you can't because she is in Canada. I love her, I miss her, I can't wait to kiss her so soon I'll be off to Alberta. I mean, Vancouver. Shit, her name is Alberta. She lives in Vancouver. She's my girlfriend. My wonderful girlfriend. Yes, I have a girlfriend who lives in Canada. And I can't wait to eat her pussy again.
2: Before anyone jumps down my throat, I want to point out quickly, because people might say, like, well, what about Pretty in Pink? And, you know, all the other movies where, like, maybe the characters didn't or were not as privileged. John Hughes only directed like six movies. He produced a lot of movies. You know, right. He he only uh, you know he directed Weird Science, obviously, and Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, She's Having a Baby, Uncle Buck, and Curly Sue. That's it. But your point
1: is still like Pretty in Pink. There's they're wealthy people. They're wealthy kids. Yeah. James yes. Spader, Anth- Andrew McCarthy. They're wealthy kids. Right. Right. It's it's that same world.
2: I think Curly Sue was a was a. A, a, a not a very, you know, down on her luck.
1: Yeah, well then that was so much later too, like that wasn't even, right, what was that, 90? 90, 91. That, 91, yeah. it's like that, I didn't, I don't think I saw that, I may have, I don't know, it's, uh, I, I don't remember a thing about it, nor do I have any desire to watch it. <laughs> no. It's a totally different thing.
2: You're right, you're right. I'm just saying out of the movies that he directed versus producing, because he produced so many, but yeah. they did follow that similar formula. I feel like, some kind of wonderful is the one that stands out to me as being the one that breaks that mold.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Eric Stoltz's character is Blue Collar, Blue Collar. Um, and Watts. Mary... Uh,
2: Stuart Masterson.
1: Mary Stuart Masterson. I was like, Mary Elizabeth, Master Antonio. Nope. <laughs> Mary... You ever notice how all act- actresses named Mary have three names? Yeah, who's the it's, one it's...
2: from uh, Sneakers um, and... and uh, uh, Oh, that's Mary McDonald.
1: Okay. that's Then that's an exception. She broke the mold. Yeah. I'm sure there are more Marys. But anyway, I always feel like there's like, <laughs> yeah, a, no. like three.
2: Well, I thought she had three names. Yeah. I was like, is it Mary MacDonald? <laughs> Mary <laughs> McDonald Donald. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. But anyway,
1: I, I just think that your point is, is correct because we're still in that world of have and have nots.
2: Yeah. This is a lot of that.
1: Sometimes the have nots you know, they, they emotionally are have nots, but they are financially haves. Um, but then, you know, they create Lisa and Lisa gives them whatever they want. Right. So they've cars, got whatever Ferraris they, they with their <laughs> license plates, but it's, it, it is, it is funny. Cause it is kind of like this weird, it's like, they've got essentially like 48 hours of this magic. Yeah. Um, which would be that Mary Poppins aspect to it, you know, which would be, um, I don't know if this would make it a better movie to know that, right? Or, or to be like, no, probably not, right? If Lisa was like, oh, I'm only going to be around for 48 hours. We can do whatever we want. Well, Let's do it.
2: It would create a sense of urgency. That That's a good point you bring up. There's one moment in this movie that was changed. There's one version of this movie where there's a scene at the end, the big party, where the Mad Max guys come in and raid the place, right? Start taking over. Right,
1: All of our favorites. We got Vernon Wells in there. Michael Berryman. Michael Berryman in there. <laughs> so who's, great. Who's the, who's the third guy?
2: Third guy's got, he's covered in metal and, and uh, you know, he's I wouldn't say he's a, a known genre actor. Yeah. He plays one of the mutant bikers, right?
1: Um, yeah, you know, but, uh, at the party.
2: Yeah, I mean, he looks, he looks like a, straight out of Mad Max which th- that's the homage obviously but in the one version of this movie where the soon to be girlfriends of Gary and Wyatt are being uh, accosted by the the biker gang mm-hmm. and there's one version where Gary and Wyatt know that this is a creation of Lisa so the tip off is when they make a joke about these guys shower you know the bikers are like these guys you know shower with their shoes on with the their with jeans, her, their on. jeans on and yes. and there, that's the the there's a version where gary and wyatt like no that's when they realize oh this is lisa's creation so they know that so they they show off in front of their friends and and impress everybody by pulling the guns out and and you know saving the day but the main version of it is when Gary and Wyatt have to find the courage within themselves to save the day. Right. So I'm just pointing that out because this movie could be a totally different kind of movie. If you put a a, a timeline on it of 48 hours, right? Let's go wild for 48 hours. And then she, you know, she's going to leave. There wouldn't be the, uh, maybe there wouldn't be the emotional pull like they have at the end with her when they're saying goodbye and they got tears in their eyes.
1: Right. You know, am like a Cinderella effect or something yeah. like, you know, at midnight on this day, all the magic wears off.
2: And that was the theatrical version, by the way, apparently in the theatrical release, according to IMDb, oh. scene included shows and it was omitted from TV and home video.
1: Hmm. Okay. I did not see this in the theater. Neither did um, I. It seems interesting to have them know that Lisa's doing this. But it's like, of course Lisa's doing this. Because uh and and guys, I'm sorry if you're lost, but basically the the movie ends. You gotta see the movie, you gotta see it. But uh the movie ends with this, you know, with this party and the whole thing is like Gary and Wyatt or they've never they never stand up for themselves, right? They don't stand up to bullies, they don't say they just they they just try and uh, be big shots and stuff like that, but they're never really face their fears. So she creates this whole kind of scenario in which bikers crash, bikers crash the party, um, terrorize everybody there. And then they have to kind of stand up to them. But it's like, if you were a guest at that party, I was looking at this now and being like, well, wouldn't the guests be like, oh, these guys clearly set this up (laughs) because the odds of bikers coming through. Um, and what I love about this movie too is that everybody that kind of enters, um, enters enters a space that where where the camera's already established. There is some kind of great, um, usually like like steam or fog, <laughs> yeah, and like the most amazing lighting. Right there's either like like Lisa's created and there's like this red light you know that's in the doorway. Um, the guys these guys enter and it's just like a blue, almost like a blue jungle. Like they're just coming out of you know. Uh, a spaceship or something it's almost like et landed in the woods and these guys came out of this the spaceship right or something (laughs) but yes you know of course like you you suspend all reality is just basically suspended from the from the time that that lisa shows up so anything that happens is kind of like okay we're just in like magic dream time
2: I think that's why I like this movie so much because it is such a fantasy and so many of John Hughes movies are based in reality and it's a dramedy, you know, for lack of a better term. This one is straight up bonkers fantasy movie. You know, this, it it pairs well with my science project. Personally, I think it it would make a nice double feature um, because that's also straight up sci-fi bonkers fantasy. But right this, and
1: not to interrupt you, but that that is what we have touched on. That the this summer of '85 being the summer of science, yes, because you also had real genius. That's right, as well. Oh my so, god! So uh, it was very in in Hollywood. Teenage science,
2: teenage science, and and <laughs> and nerdy nerdy white kids are always play really well. So
1: nerdy raunchy,
2: and yep. Anthony Michael Hall. I I, I know I said. Uh, Bill Paxton is one of the highlights for sure, but Anthony Michael Hall is gold in this. You know, Robert Downey Jr., Robert Russler told the whole story about RDJ getting cast in this and their connection. But man, Anthony Michael Hall, it, you just you see I mean you saw that in Sixteen Candles, but you see a side of him in this. You're like, this guy is a freaking star. <laughs> yes. And and you can tell. When there's this there's a scene in the movie where uh Gary and Wyatt and Lisa go to a blues bar and and they're surrounded by the locals at the bar, one of them being Steve James, of course, from American Ninja. So there's a nice mm-hmm. little connection there with Judy Aronson, also from American Ninja. Um and it's so funny because you can tell the, the actors are trying not to lose it because they're in the middle, just like the scene at the end when Chet is getting in Lisa's face, uh, you know, before he gets turned into the giant turd. Uh, that scene also is gold. And I want to talk about that with you, too. Yeah. But but man, like Anthony Michael Hall is just so <laughs> he's carrying that entire scene. And there's just the, everybody in that scene looks like they're they're probably pinching themselves to not laugh.
0: Fast, man, let me tell you my story, man. Last year, I was insane for this crazy little eighth-grade bitch. Okay. Crazy, insane, insane, crazy. I was nuts for the woman, man. Now you gotta believe me. I'm saying I'm telling the truth here. I'm speaking to you. I mean, I was nuts for the girl. And what did to me was these big titties she had. For a 13-year-old girl, man? She would not have to worry about no titties for the rest of her life, boy. You know, she was set, and she was looking good, son. That's the truth, baby. I called every night for like a month. I mean, I'm talking devotion, man. Every damn night? Every night, Mitch. I ain't playing with you. On the telephone? This boy talking about on the telephone, man. He's what the hell, goddamn? We know there's some telephone, boy. What the hell thing I doing? <laughs> but he hung up on her. on her. Oh, you didn't hang yeah. up on her, the chick with those big, big titties. Man, you, I up on the man, you know now, here, the camper. You know what the bitch did to me? Lay it on. Check oh. this shit out. Listen to what she did to me. She needs you in the nuts. I'm cold and faggot in front of everybody. No, she no. did what? Bitch you needs your nuts. Bitch need my nuts, bitch. I'm not playing with you. In the family you. In the family you, man. Worst pain there is. Broke my heart in two. Broke
1: more than your heart. The Gary and Wyatt relationship, you know, Wyatt is a little younger. And he's clearly, he's just like the straight man. He really right. is just like the, the straight man, like things just kind of happen to him, but he's not, it, there, there's such a difference in, in the two, like, you know, like the two guys are the leads, but it's like Anthony Michael Hall is doing so much at all times with everything that he's given. He's given like a little, a little look sometimes. You know, he's just like he's he racist. His eyebrows, his bangs fly back. You know, <laughs> right. and it's just like it's it does. He's does so much with such so little sometimes, and it's phenomenal. And it's those, it's those moments that. Um, and he's talking so fast half the time, like you know, like he's spitting out words, yeah, multiple words, just riffing on multiple ideas. You know, it's it's almost like his role in this. Um, you know, despite him like being a being a nerd, you know, you you do see see him. I, I remember feeling like this guy is a cool guy because he is very confident in kind of not being confident in yeah. a way. Like but he exudes this this confidence the entire movie.
2: Yeah, a perfect example of what you're talking about is the scene in the shower when Gary and Wyatt are talking to each other. <laughs>
1: well they're in the shower a lot so I think what you're talking about is when is when the cameras close up on the mouths and it's the fast talking back and forth they're making a plan with the girls
2: yeah at the party when yes. uh, hilly and Deb are in the in the bathroom with them and they excuse them they ask the girls ask if they can have a moment alone and the boys don't leave the bathroom yeah. they just go in the shower behind them right and they have, <laughs> it's a great moment it's so great because and Elon Mitchell Smith, he's a good actor. I'm not. I'm not discrediting him no, at no. all. But you're right. He's the straight man. He plays that really well. Um, and he was totally opposite type when I saw him in the wildlife. Because in the wildlife, he's big and a nom, and he smokes cigarettes and he's mouthing off.
1: He's Jim, the potential school shooter kid.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go listen to that yeah. episode uh, that we where we talked about the wildlife. But in this, yeah, I, Anthony Michael Hall owns those scenes so well. And especially that one in the shower.
1: Yeah. I mean, even moments like when they get the slushy poured on them, you know, like <laughs> yeah. where he's just like, you know, and they are basically like, you know, it's the first time in my life. I don't feel like a total dick. And then the bullies drop a slushie on them. And it's like, there's, they're really owning that humiliation, you know, in a lot of ways. I mean, just even jumping back, let's the, the movie, the movie starts off with these guys. It's, it's like, You you know what kind of movie this is immediately because the tone is set. We're in gym class. It's a girls' gym class, and the boys are watching the girls basically doing gymnastics. You know, hanging around.
2: Do you know what I would like to do? Shower with them. Then,
0: bang, we hit the city, baby, dead on. For little drinks, little nightlife, little dancing
2: a huge
0: party. I mean huge party. Everybody's invited. Women everywhere. All these girls, they're all there. Naked bodies Gary. everywhere. They all know my Gary. name. Gary, what? Nobody likes us. Nobody. Why are you messing with the fantasy?
2: We know about the reality. Don't ruin a fantasy, okay?
1: But they are, you know, fantasizing about this life that they might have if, you know, girls like them and all this stuff. And of course, they get pantsed. This is like the first, you know, th- minute of the movie. They get pantsed by the bullies, and their reactions—like they don't immediately pull up their pants. They kind of hang there. They hang there. They look. You know, Wyatt is like, uh, he's going to like maybe explain what, how, what happened. And Gary just puts his <laughs> mouth over Wyatt, pulls him out. It's like, it, it really is like my favorite, one of my favorite eighties openings. And then the music starts, you know?
2: Yeah. it It's so great. Cause it, you don't see movies open that way.
1: Right. No, no. And you clearly, we've established in two minutes, these guys are losers. This is everyone else. These, you know, these are the dynamics and why it's the guy who's gonna be like, uh, uh, excuse
2: us, ladies, like my pants. He's like, nope, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, yeah, that scene in particular is so, uh, it's a perfect time capsule of the '80s because the they look like teenagers. Finally, they look like legit teenagers. Everybody does. Right. Like the, the, the girls look like teenage girls. The boys have pimples. The girls do too. You know, they, they don't have the perfect teeth. They don't have the perfect hair. Like even so-called, you know, kind of rough around the edges, teen comedies, like American pie, for example, you know, that, that was the moment where everything for me, I think people were getting too pretty, you know? And, right, right. And this was like so. so refreshing to see this is what people look like back then. Right. You know? And right. we don't we don't get that anymore, which is a shame. And this movie I don't think could could get made now because of just a few of the problematic things we pointed out earlier.
1: Right. Well, it couldn't be like, let's make a like a sexual object, you know, a, a woman for, you know, you know, sexual purposes or whatever. Like the whole thing is really um, that was what was happening in the '80s. Porkies, etc. Like that was just what it was. It was like like dudes trying to get laid. That was every you know teen comedy in the '80s. Um.
2: Well, then they but they they made a TV show based on Weird Science, which tried yes. to flip the script just slightly. You know. Um. I mean, that show lasted, it was on for like four seasons, which is kind of shocking to me,
1: <laughs> but it, it wasn't that good, which is great. No. You know, like I, I think I, it is, it's very shocking.
2: I think it, I think it excelled because of weird science. You know, it doesn't get talked a lot now, you know, Revenge of the Nerds gets brought up all the time as, Oh, you can't make that movie now. That movie's rapey and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And we already talked about that in yeah. the Re- Revenge of the Nerds episode. This movie doesn't really get brought up in that way
1: no it, it it really doesn't and when you look at how uh it, it was not for lack of popularity or anything like that because it did open I, I think it was like 35th at the box office that year right like which is pretty high
2: <laughs> yeah like yeah.
1: it's it's up there it made like 23 24 million dollars um and uh you know worldwide but I think um or no domestically domestically um but but you're right I don't think like I don't think that this movie has a lot of like parts to it. You know, it's, it, it really just kind of has, you know, like three main scenes. Um, of course, like watching it now, I'm like, Oh, you know, there's your, you know, there's your, there's your language that we don't like so much. Right. There's uh,
2: yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah. I mean, uh, Gary, Gary utters some lines at the party that, he calls a a woman something you should never call a woman. And he uses the F word and I'm not talking about the four letter one. Um, you know you right know, like, right Whoa. you're talking
1: about when he's like he's just like why don't you shut up bitch
2: yeah exactly right and like but but and like, i laughed at that, that scene w- originally back in the day right. i kind of laughed when i saw right. this because
1: like, you're, you're kind of cheering when he says it yeah. you know in the 80s you're like yeah he told that this poor slave girl who's got like you know <laughs> fucking no chains around her neck we don't even know how she got in this scenario what a funny scenario and she she giggles, and he's, he's like,
2: why don't you shut up,
1: bitch? And you're like, oh, that's not <laughs> that's not very nice. And
2: then he calls the, quote, uh, rhymes with maggot friends. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> to Vernon Wells right. and Mike, and I'm like, damn.
1: Right. John Hughes. Like, what? Whoa, oh, dude. Oh, haven't yeah. heard
2: this since Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, actually.
1: Right. Mm. No, it's, it's really everywhere, and you don't remember that because it was just part of the vernacular. That's just how we everyone talked. And of course, um, I, a lot of the country would say that us not saying those words is too woke, right? Like, like, Oh, they're just, we, we don't have, we can't, we can't say our, our words. We can't say our, you know, our precious words that we said in the eighties anymore. Um,
2: <laughs> that's no, you're right. You're, you're not wrong.
1: You no, know, like that, like that as I feel like a lot of people's approach, um, you know, and uh, and and we've we've talked about it, right? The 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 use of the word retarded, like yeah. if like you, we've now know like you can't really just be throwing that word around, but yet that word was everywhere in the '80s. That was on the Facts of Life. Um, Mrs. Garrett said it. You know, like it's like right. that's what it was, guys.
2: Right? No, it, yeah. it, it's it's crazy how movies and TV shows get brought up, and now and you're like, oh, but you know. You can't watch this anymore. I don't agree with that at all. I feel like you can totally watch everything now. No problem. Just have some conscious awareness of what you're watching and how these some of these things are not OK. Would I I watched this movie when I was 10. Would I show Bodhi this movie? Not. No, not yet. <laughs> right. Right. Well, because it's you feel
1: differently about it. Like it is it is that like I, I when we talk about the big picture of like, does this movie hold up? I don't know.
2: I think this movie changed for me. I think when I was a kid, it like it played out like a like just a teen comedy. Now I look at it as a skit. It's a bit. Mm. Yeah, it's a novelty. I feel like this movie's a novelty movie. You know. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a, like a
1: it's a good way to put it.
2: I want to dial it back really quick to Bill Paxton. Just the moments. When, uh, of course, there's a scene where he sees Gary in Lisa's underwear and he gets really upset about that. But the scene at the end when he's reprimanding Gary and Wyatt with uh, their girlfriends, they're now girlfriends because they're in love because they've known each other for five minutes, which is very much a teenage thing. Um, The banter back and forth that he has with Kelly LeBrock is so good. I don't want to underscore her performance, too, because she's fantastic. Yeah.
0: I want to be alone with Chet here.
2: OK, see so
0: you get your... Get out of here!
1: Come on, take your little hussies home. The parents are probably worried sick. Lady, I want to get to the bottom of this. Asafp.
0: Oh, so do I.
1: But first, I'd like to butter your muffin.
0: Why do you have to be such a wanker?
1: Because I get off on
0: it. Now, I want you to promise that you'll keep your big mouth shut. About everything that has happened here this weekend. And I want you to treat Wyatt and Gary with dignity and respect. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, really? I can be a real serious bitch if I don't get what I want. Ooh, hit me with your best shot.
2: I had only seen her in The Woman in Red, I think, at that point, and she was a model Mm. for the most Mm -hmm. part. She's so freaking good. And she comes across in a perfect way of like being really sexy, but also like tough too.
1: Right. Which is not
2: something that was always pulled off very well.
1: This is pre-Steven Seagal. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Because
2: Kristen said to me, she's like, whatever happened to her? And I go, well, at one point she was, I don't know if she was married to him, but she was dating Steven Seagal. They were 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 married. married. Oh, and Um, Kristen goes, oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. We all make mistakes, folks we all make right but that's you
1: know that's all in hindsight because they were like a power couple you know of sorts right it wasn't like anyone was saying that at that point but to your point about well first of all about bill paxton yes absolutely like chet yes hard to kill uh maybe when he plays nico that character nico Um, is in above the law oh nico's above the law of course (laughs) what's what's his hard to kill character's name i don't know Chief I don't know he is. <laughs> No it's No he's chief On uh, On Under Siege um, Oh yeah So You know To your point Chet is phenomenal Bill Paxton's phenomenal We look back at this You know Like I'm a kid. I'm like, oh man, he's terrible. Like, oh, he's just so mean. He's just such a bully, but he is. He it is like a sketch, right? Because he is so over the top and so amazing. Nice panties. You're just like, oh (laughs) man, you know. Um, And everything that he says, and clearly, right in the end, like everybody is cracking up. Like no one can keep a straight face because he's just saying things. You know, like donkey dick and. Just all these things that are so funny. That's and I not love a bad that, thing, know. too, by the way. No, I know that Hughes kept that in. Um <laughs> but Lisa too, uh Kelly LeBrock is amazing because you're right. Like she is, you know, like when Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Ruster's character, when they when they see her on the escalator there and they're like, Oh man, we that girl, she kind of gives them a look. They run over to her and they're like, Hey, saw so you looking at us, and she's like, Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know i know i love and that like, she
1: always has the power and the control in the relationship it is weird because she's ultimately just like just trying to have the most fun at all times it kind of seems like because later then like then she is cool with them you know at the party like, right you know like you'd want her to just be dicks to them the entire time
2: does anything have to do you think with the fact that these kids are like 16 years old or, or is that just irrelevant I think it's irrelevant. I think it's irrelevant. Yeah, Yeah. it's irrelevant at this time. I mean, nowadays you look at that and you're like, this is not okay. I mean, that's the biggest issue that I think maybe I would have with it.
1: Right. Or you just look at it like, you know, she's a robot or she's an android or she's just a magical creature that just (laughs) happens to seem like she's 23 years old. Either way.
2: She's a a unicorn.
1: I don't see her as a human at any point, you know. So... (laughs)
2: By the way, uh, uh, Steven Seagal's name in Hard to Kill was Mason Storm.
1: (laughs) Okay. I feel like his partner is spending a lot of time going, Storm. Yeah. You got to get back here.
2: (laughs) Quick plug to Podcasting After Dark. uh, I did an interview with uh, William Sadler. Uh, who was in Hard to Kill? He's the main bad guy. He tells an amazing story about Steven Seagal. Oh, yeah. he has any naked in it? <laughs> He's naked. He At does, one point, Oh, uh, does he? He does naked Tai Chi. I think naked something. Heart right? Two. I think a Day Hard. Oh, Day Hard two. Oh, Die Hard two. Okay. Yeah, but in in and I and I actually in the early days of our Instagram stuff, I put a picture your face on his naked Tai Chi body. Okay. Um, yeah. Go call the annals of uh, our Instagram for that. Um, But no, William Sadler told a story about, about uh, Steven Seagal um, wanting to just like eviscerate his character. And the director's like, you can't, you're the hero. You can't like, and he's like, and then I want to piss on him.
1: (laughs) I want (laughs) to piss on him. Yeah. Something like that.
2: Anyways, if, if you're, if you're, you know, interested, go check out that interview that, uh, Corey and I did on, uh, with William Sadler. Cause that was a funny story. We did that at, like beginning of the pandemic. So, um, anything, uh, any other notes that you want to talk about in regards to weird science before we jump into the soundtrack?
1: Great question. Um, you know, just this idea, well, I guess two things. One was, um, you know, that they, te- they use the computer, to make a girl. This is obviously pre-internet. Uh, they're able to just tap into like a mainframe somewhere by dialing in. Cause you could, you could like call, you could connect computers via phone line at this Crazy. point. Crazy. The internet had certainly kind of just been invented, I think, but like it wasn't public. Um, yes. But I don't know. I don't know why tapping into the computer every time they're trying to, you know, make a girl. Cause they, make Lisa. And then they, then they try again later to make, you know, a girl for their buddies. Now they're, they're bullies of their buddies, <laughs> their but why buddies, like yeah. the laws of physics and gravity and everything like changes. And I know like there was a, you know, like there's a storm and does the storm is the storm randomly there? And that's what light Does lightning strike and cause this, or it seems like tapping into the computer causes the lightning, the weather events, dogs are on the ceiling. Like all these things happen and it's like visually very cool, but you're like, what, but what's going on? It's like, it's like the space time continuum somehow breaks via, you know, a personal computer in a kid's house. And that just makes you want to like, you know, like, I remember being like, Oh, what can my computer do? And you're like, Oh, I can play like Minesweeper. and
2: <laughs> M- Minesweeper. You know, that's it. <laughs> could play, um, Prince of Persia, Load,
1: load Runner, Load is what Runner, I, was, load I played run, Load that's Runner right. on the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the oh that God. was my favorite game, Load Runner.
2: I had a um, uh, a Texas Instrument uh, thing for a minute that could play Frogger, and you plugged it into your boombox. It was a cassette tape. You put the cassette tape in the boombox, and you plug this little keypad into the boombox, and then it also went into your TV, and you could play video games via your boombox on a cassette oh, yeah. tape. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, That's,
1: right. So but you couldn't make a woman on that.
2: Uh, well, I think I think to your point or to the question you're asking, I think the answer is uh, the internet felt like magic. Right. Like, how are we able to do all this stuff? How are we able to send signals through space? I'm still fascinated by that shit. To be honest with you, yeah. That there's this no. invisible thing that we just accept, right? And like the amount of God. time that
1: it takes between, you know, like you to think of something and it to appear on your phone, it's like no time at all, but right. So it's like magic. in the eighties, the idea of doing anything on the phone, but like, it would be like, if you were like Googling something and then also, you know, a piano got sucked up into a chimney.
2: Like I just, you know, like I, that's what I don't quite, you know, right. Like we have a, a anyway. Yeah. Well, and, and also that, to that point about the piano getting sucked up. There's a lot of nudity in this movie. There's a lot of boobs. Boobs were everywhere in this movie. Big boobs, little boobs, boobs just across the across the. Boobs. There were yeah, there were there were some boobs. Centerfold boobs, boobs, boobs were popular. Like uh, just one of the guys. Another movie we we've talked about. Yeah. I believe that was 1985 as well, right? <laughs>
1: but like if this was like if this was like really raunchy, like it would have had like Gary and Wyatt just like like looking at the girls' locker room or something in the beginning, you know, like just like. But it's still it's it's politely leery. It's like. Um, but it's also very obvious that they're standing there. But anyway,
2: yeah, I'm just I just want to point out that another PG-13 movie with a bunch of boobs. But do you think this would be PG-13 now, or would would this be rated R?
1: Well, no, because you can't you can't have a 15 year old boy and a 23 year old woman in a PG-13 like anything that's like gonna you know yeah you're right incite more questions. You can't you
2: can't do that. You can't do it now.
1: You can't do it. So um, it's gotta be
2: college, and at that point now.
1: Yeah, but if Gary and Wyatt are 18, then it's fine. It's like, you know, and then all is forgiven. That, that's what they could have just done, but they had to be more losery because, you know, I don't know. They're like, um, they're
2: sophomores, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then just the last thing was I was, uh, I'm always kind of interested in what Roger Ebert, Siskel and Ebert, yeah, had uh, same. sort of said. Roger Ebert gave this three out of four stars, um, really enjoyed it. But comments that um, Hall was the, quote, geek in 16 Candles, the intellectual in Breakfast Club, and he likes, and this is this is him talking, this is not me. He says, and I like John Hughes' definition of a geek. A geek is a guy who has everything going for him, but he's just too young. By contrast, a nerd will be a nerd all of his life.
2: Interesting.
1: I, I, I've never heard anything presented in that way. I've never thought of the difference between a geek and a nerd. i have It's more of a, I don't know, found it very thought-provoking. Like a geek. Yeah. You're a geek, but you're just too young. You have everything going for you. So that kind of speaks to like the privilege thing. You're kind of ahead of your time, right? right? You have everything going for you. Like a Mark Zuckerberg, right? Yeah. Who's by yeah. all accounts a geek, Then age ages into the money, the women, (laughs) the the fame, right? Right? There are geeks that do that, and then there's just nerds. You're just nerds forever. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to think more on this, but
2: yeah. What do you guys think? Let us know. um, Let us know. Yeah. In our, uh, you know, I think you can leave comments now on on Spotify, which is kind of cool if you're listening to us on Spotify, Um, and or let us know on our Instagram posts or social media. What's your definition of a geek and a nerd? Do you agree with Roger Ebert? Wouldn't you call Roger Ebert a movie nerd? Probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Huh. I gotta think about that. It got me pondering. We're on the
1: we're on the Geekscape network. We're not on the Nerdscape network.
2: Yeah, we're cool. We're young. We're still
1: something about Geekscape.
2: Nerdscape doesn't sound as well. Nerdscape
1: as... sounds terrible. If you are like Geekscape would imply all these things that you liked as kids, you've aged into them. They're totally acceptable, and you are, you know, you've 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 aged into your everything going for you.
2: Yeah, interesting. Would would you call um, uh, 80s kids unite the night boys? Are we geeks or are we nerds? I
1: I think I don't know. I think there's I think there's a lot of nerdiness to it.
2: There is a lot of nerdiness. <laughs> if you're wondering what we're talking about, uh, we have a new show that we previewed it in January uh, our comic-con panel that we that we aired uh, from December you heard it in January and later this month you're gonna hear uh, 80s kids unite it's our new show that features Dustin and myself Corey from podcasting after Dark Paul London from territory marks Diallo Jackson from TV obscura um, the three of us Dustin, myself and Corey will be regulars and Paul and Diallo will come in from time to time and we'll be um, sharing 80s nostalgia on things that hit or don't hit from our childhood youth. And uh, I don't know. I, we nerd out on that for sure.
1: It's like all the topics, all the the genres of pop culture, 80s pop culture. But the great thing is, is that if you join our Patreon you can suggest the topic and then the five of us will go deep into it. If you head on over to patreon.com slash $2 late fee, um, you can sign up and then you can suggest stuff and then we'll do it and then we'll go deep and then you will also then we'll go deep. Ah, that's what she said. Uh, No, and then we'll give you top credit, guys. You'll get the shout out. The episode will be sort of, you know, uh, a little commercial for you. So we invite everybody to join up. And we're excited. It's a totally new segment.
2: Perfect segue too, because on our Patreon, one of the segments, one of the options we have on Patreon uh, is our uh, an, a mix CD. And at the highest tier, you can sign up on our Patreon and get a mix CD from us every six months, and uh, w- which the mix CD features music that we've had on the show that we've talked about. This soundtrack in particular, Weird Science from 1985, um, is. Interesting. It's kind of an Iron Eagle moment for me, because the songs in the movie, or lack thereof, uh mm-hmm. not all of them are featured on the actual physical soundtrack. Yeah. So, I, you know, obviously, Weird Science by Oingo Boingo is the song. It's got to be the song. I, I'd say that, that that song is a universally loved quintessential 80s hit. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I mean, not only that, it was like, uh, you know, this is Oingo Bungo's most successful song. Um, yeah. Hands down. It's off, it was, you know, obviously on the soundtrack, but also um, off of the uh, Dead Man's Party album in sort of a longer, longer mix of it. Um, Dead Man's Party featured in Back to School, starring Rodney Dangerfield we haven't talked about that i feel like we have we talked about it
2: yeah a little a little bit in the bully Um, episode i believe
1: but uh comes up but yeah danny elfman when you think of well i should say when i think of this movie there's only one song that i think of and it's this one it's weird science by (laughs) but that's
0: it (laughs)
2: There's a reason for that, um, because the version we saw, you and I, mostly the TV version, the home video version, uh, replaced Weird Science with other songs in the movie. So in the mall scene where Pretty Woman by Van Halen plays, which is not on the soundtrack, by the way, they replaced that song with the Weird Science song in the TV and home video versions back in the day.
1: Weird Science was playing in the theatrical version?
2: In the theatrical version, in the mall scene when Kelly LeBrock is going up the escalator and sees uh, Rustler and Downey. Yeah. Pretty Woman by Van Halen is playing in the theatrical version. That's the version that is now on streaming, physical media. By the way, Arrow Blu-ray put out a great version of Weird Science with the theatrical version, the television version. Um
1: is that the one that you own?
2: I do own that because the slipcover is really beautiful too. It's just a beautiful piece of art and there's a great booklet inside with a bunch of fun facts and whatnot.
1: So, Okay, you're saying that every version is on this Blu-ray?
2: Every version is on this Blu-ray. Okay. So the TV version, that w- the edited TV version, which included two extra scenes, there's a group of guys in the party that, that uh, Lisa's talking to. They're referred to as the weenies. The weenies. They're okay. A bunch of Random white kids, um, there's a scene of them rolling up to the party wearing Devo hats, and there's an extended scene with Gary and Wyatt in the uh, having breakfast at one at one point but okay, but, but, but my main point is in the theatrical version of Weird Science, Kelly the Rock's going up the escalator, songs uh, Pretty Woman by Van Halen's playing in the home video and TV versions that came out in the eighties that song was replaced with the Weird Science song by Oingo Boingo.
1: Interesting. Okay.
2: And then at the end of the movie, when Lisa has left the boys and she's now the new PE coach for their school, the theme to Rocky is playing, right? In the theatrical version. Right. And in the TV and home video versions, they play Weird Science again. Okay. Before they kick into Weird Science with the credits. Again. Yes. So that's probably why huh. you associate this. Uh, one of the reasons it could be one of the reasons why you associate this song so much or like think, Oh, that's the only song so I heard I've heard
1: never really thought about the Rocky, the Rocky cue there. Um, it's very
2: random. It is. And, the, and I feel like the soundtrack is very random.
1: Right. I mean, it is. I, I also think it's weird that she's, I was like, is she the PE coach at their school? And then and it was. Yeah. But I thought she had just like moved on in like some other school, which would have, it's a kind of, I always, always thought of it.
2: It's a little problematic that she's going to be seeing them every day. Right.
1: Like they still go to school. They haven't graduated. Yeah. Like,
2: and, and also too, you know, we talked about like, she makes out with Wyatt. She had wanted to have sex with Wyatt, but Wyatt fell asleep. Right. So she, right. Was, she would have had sex with him.
1: I mean, that was like her, you know, she's like, well, that's what I'm created for. You created me. So what are you thinking about? Uh, women's gymnastics. All right. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> right. Like, I, yeah, I tried. And then you fell asleep. <laughs> right. so I painted my nails. It's like, wow, I don't yeah. really, I didn't, I never really put that together either. I was like, what the
2: hell? Right. This is
1: wanting to have sex with this little guy.
2: <laughs> and I also, you pointed out, um, dead man's party is in back to school. And then their song, just another day. Oingo Boingo's go. Boing Go's just, just another day is in that was then. This is now. Uh, which is not on their soundtrack, but that song still. It's my favorite. That's my personal mm. favorite Oingo Boingo song. What's your favorite Oingo Boingo song?
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I i think I like Just Another Day better than Weird Science, but I don't know. Weird Science is pretty, pretty ingrained in my brain. Weird um, Science
2: is a movie theme. It's a theme song. It's like Ghostbusters. It
1: is. Oingo Boingo has a has a good a good discography uh they were formed in 1979
2: crazy man i just want to point out really quickly too so the the soundtrack the physical soundtrack has songs by wall of voodoo uh lords of the new church
1: do you have it on vinyl i do not oh
2: but david irons who's a patron of our show it's a friend of our show he's in a He's an amazing writer. Uh, Go check out David Irons' books on Amazon. David actually asked me to get him. I got him uh, a copy of the Weird Science soundtrack on cassette. Okay. And mailed it out to him overseas because he's over in the UK. Shout out to our homie, David Irons. Um, I don't know. The soundtrack, the physical soundtrack has, how do you say this name? C-H-E-Y-N-E. Chaney? Chaney?
1: C-H-E-Y-N-E. yeah. Chaney?
2: Chaney? She's like a pop singer. Okay. Um, anyways, that, that, that physical soundtrack had all these songs on it, right? But if you really, if you watch the movie, the only songs that you really hear, you hear a couple songs on the radio. One by Kim Wilde, uh, which is called Turn It On. Turn It On by Kim Wilde, which is a cool song, by the way. I really, I think that song's really cool. Um, and I believe you hear uh, another song by Max Carl called The Circle.
0: Circle Circle
1: Okay. Uh, Kim Wilde, by the way, you know, she's most known for that song Kids in America.
2: Yeah, which I love. And actually, the Kim Wilde song that's in this movie is really good, but it's buried under them talking, you know, unlike a movie like Rocky IV, where it just highlights every single song. It's a it's a almost like a musical (laughs) in that way. This one doesn't do that. They play a Los Lobos song. Don't worry, baby. I mean, that's cool. But it's like, is that a song that you would hear at a party? In the '80s, I don't know. I I dig that no, song, but I wouldn't no. hear that at a party. Mm-hmm. And then "Living in the '80s" uh, by the band Killing Joke. Ah! That's played during the party as well. And it's just for like a split second. I don't feel like this movie, John Hughes is so good. If you think of breakfast club, his use of music in breakfast club and in pretty and pink and some kind of wonderful, fantastic.
1: I think the song is just called eighties by the way. Oh, sorry. Not to interrupt.
2: Sorry. Oh yeah. That's right. Cause they're just saying, I think it's, yeah. Cause they say I think the lyrics are living in the, ages, living but... in the eighties, but yeah, you're right. You're right. Thank you for the correction. Um, I don't know, his his movies typically aren't, like, heavy hitters when it comes to soundtracks overall. Uh, they, they're just kind of, like, understatements. You know, he's got maybe one song, Weird Science, that stands out. But other than that, it's kind of like, meh, I could kind of go without it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, not to make this about, like, a John Hughes going down the line or something, Breakfast Club. Well, yeah. Don't you forget about me, right? That's there that, is like one song that people are like He always has one big yeah, song. Yeah.
2: Unlike Fast Times of Ridgemont High or Valley Girl that have these sure. like, you know very really definitely strong more teenager yeah. soundtrack, teenage centric. Um yeah. Right. That's all.
1: Um right. No, I I I'm with you and and you know you would think because John Hughes is such a part of the studio system, right? Like Universal Studios, whatever. You would think that these soundtracks would have more uh, weight, clout, tie-ins, all these things that go behind the scenes about that.
2: That's interesting because it makes me think of Three O'clock High, where Steven Sp- uh, Phil Giovano told that story in our interview. That he, Steven Spielberg, had like a list of all these '80s bands he wanted to feature in the in the movie, and they end up going with Jim Walker's song, and the rest of the movie is Tangerine Dream. So. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But just like, you know, how much, how much budget do we have? Right. They have a lot of budget. Right. They got a lot of money to, to, you know, presumably get whatever song they want. Artists are coming out. We can do tie-ins, whatever. It is interesting to think about it from that way. If John Hughes was operating from the idea of like, I'm going to, you know, put music at the forefront and that's not really how he works as a director.
2: No, no. So it's more story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, I mean, that that's pretty much the soundtrack in a nutshell. Um, you know, Weird Science, oingo Boingo. Obviously, we. Weird. Love that
1: song. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say for anyone who's interested that Weird Science reached number 45 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, number 21 on the U.S. Dance Club charts. You dance to it. And number 81 in Canada.
2: What would you rather dance to? Dead Man's Party or Weird Science? I go with Dead Man's Party.
1: I think Dead Man's Party, yeah.
2: Definitely. The extended version too, which is so good.
1: Yeah, I I don't even know what kind of dance I would do to Weird Science.
2: You wouldn't dance to it.
1: If I was in a club and it came out, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on?
2: That's the song you sit down and you just kind of like talk to your friends during that time.
1: You're like, oh, it's Weird Science. I like this song. You
2: wanna to dance to it? No. No one. How not. do you dance to din, 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 din. But dead man's party. Well,
1: you know when Weird Science is playing and the and the storm's going that second time or whatever, they're trying to get the to make the second lady, and then the uh Wyatt's parents, the picture, comes to life and they start dancing like weird white people. That's
2: how you dance. That's how you dance to it. Yeah. And actually that's I love that moment. <laughs> I love that moment. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. <sighs> I love that. I love yeah. when uh, Wyatt breaks the fourth wall, looks at the camera. <laughs> uh, when Chet's, you know, chewing him out, it's great. So.
1: Oh yeah, so I great. I it's funny. I I used to love that moment, and then I I didn't find it to be a true moment. Oh really? He, yeah, no, it like, doesn't
2: feel true. But I I think I laughed because of the nostalgia.
1: I was like, oh, weird. Yeah. He just looks at the camera.
2: Did you ever see uh, the Chocolate War with uh, with Elon? Yes. Yes. Did you like it? I did like it. Yeah, me too. It came out in '88. I think John Glover's in that. Maybe watched
1: it in uh, school. We watched it. Uh, yeah,
2: it feels like yeah. that was a that was like a a it's movie a big book. Yeah, based on the out book. Of the
1: times. Yep. Yeah,
2: Chocolate War. Go check that movie out, guys. If you've never seen that, it's good. Um, yep.
1: Also, Chocolate Fever. Do you remember that one where a guy gets? Uh, I do chicken pox that tastes like chocolate. Um.
2: <laughs> is it a movie? <laughs>
1: No, it's a book. It's a well, kid's book.
2: Wait, are you thinking of? You're not thinking of Chocolate Touch, are you?
1: No, because
2: Chocolate it's... Touch is the one where the kid John Midas, everything he touches turns to chocolate. That's good.
1: No, uh, Chocolate Fever was originally published in 1972.
2: Oh, I did. Does he go on? He goes on the run, doesn't he? Like, doesn't he go? Like, he runs away from his family or something.
1: Um, uh, I. I or was that Freckle Juice, yes. No, no, you're freckle right because he, because what it is is like he's in the hospital and then he just he escapes from the hospital. There's this yeah. whole part where, because I read yeah. that book to my yeah.
2: kindergartners, I read Chocolate Touch to my kindergartners and then they loved it so much. I'm like, yeah, like oh, I, I think another there's chocolate. another book, Chocolate Fever. Yeah, that's right. Yep,
1: Chocolate Fever and Freckle Juice is great. Freckle
2: too. Juice is good too. Yeah. 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 Um, speaking of sugary things you consume with your body. Uh, in February of 1985, Cherry Coke was introduced by Coca-Cola. Right. New ch-
0: ch- ch- Cherry Coke Just out and outrageous Cherry Coke
1: And that was successful
2: it was yes so successful that some people think cherry Coke is the superior of all the cokes
1: we talked about this uh, on our pop culture trivia night um, we did. when yes because because this cherry Coke was later in the year 85
2: uh February what? of 85.
1: Oh, it was february, february yeah okay so maybe it was 84 whatever it was when they went when when new coke had the uh or they went to new coke and everyone was like fuck that and they went to classic coke thank goodness and then cherry coke launched and it was like yes
2: yeah Let's cherry coke today. launched so yep they rode that wave for quite some time and then started introducing other flavors nowadays yep. we have like what 10 different coke flavors i think now and it's regional, too. A
1: lot of Coke, yeah. You can do vanilla and...
2: Orange. Orange vanilla Coke.
1: Anything you want. Any kind of Coke you want.
2: Any kind of Coke. Um, (laughs) In February of 1985, Cyndi Lauper won Best New Artist at the Grammys.
1: So, Cyndi Lauper won this the same time Cherry Coke came out?
2: Well... Two weeks after. No, sorry, a week? a week after. A week a after Cherry Coke came out. February 26, 1985, Cindy Lauper. And the best new artist is.
0: Oh, Cindy Lauper.
2: What do you think, Mark? I want to thank everybody for uh, this award. There were a lot of people that um, did it with me. Uh What? And, um, of course, Rick Chertoff, the Hooters, who were my band before I had my band. And my band, of course, because they went out there with me and did it and proved that it could be done. And there's so many people and I don't think I can get everybody. Oh, I should have wrote the list. And all the World Wrestling Federation. Captain Lou Albano, who has gone on to become a movie star. And of course, Katrine Dominique. Thank you so much. So glad you could drop on. So when, when I read that Cyndi Lauper won Best New Artist of, uh, in 1985, I'm like, I, I thought she was around... Earlier than that, but the Grammys are in February. They're awards from the previous year. I thought Cindy Lauper had been around a lot longer than that, but I guess not. You know, maybe the she came out in 1984. You're
1: saying that 1984 was Cyndi Lauper's big time? Yes. There was no Cindy Lauper hit in eighty one or something? No. Okay. Girls just want to have fun was not. When was that?
2: She's so unusual. The album, her first album with Girls Just Want to Have Fun came out in 1983.
1: Right. So what's but going she on? she won
2: Best New Artist in 1985. In 1985. And her album was released in October of 83. So it's way... If it came right. out like December of 83, maybe they push it to...
1: So, right. So what's the gap here? What's What's the coverage? What are yeah. we... What's the qualifying...
2: Well, my, my point is the the Grammy. All award ceremonies are lame because so often things that you love don't get shit. Case in point: Boogie Nights getting overlooked by Goodwill Hunting. I'm not taking anything away from Goodwill Hunting, but I believe Boogie Nights is the far superior of those movies. Shawshank Redemption losing to Forrest Gump. Uh, you know, th- these yeah. are like for me personally. Pulp Fiction. Did you no tell awards. me that you
1: haven't seen? Uh, good Will Hunting, though?
2: No, I've seen Good Will Hunting. Oh, okay. I did. Yeah, I did see that. And I, I mean, I thought it was good, but I'm like, I don't quote that movie regularly like I do Boogie Nights. Right.
1: But I mean, it's just like, you know, it's it's political. It's neither here nor it's there. It's subjective. It's crazy. It's so political.
2: It's, yeah. I mean, that's the reason why um, Iron Claw, which we covered on Territory Marks and $2 late fee, that's getting no love from uh, award shows. No love. Zero, right, and I'm, that's a travesty. If you've not seen Iron Claw yet, it's a very dark, heavy movie. But Paul and I covered it. Uh, Dustin and I went to the premiere in Dallas. It's it's a it's a really well done film, and the acting is top notch. Zac Efron gives a award worthy performance in that film. Yeah, I feel like wrestling still still is the redheaded stepchild of the industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, Really quick, February nineteen eighty five, The Dukes of Hazard. Aired its final episode. <laughs>
1: mm. mm-hmm.
2: Woo, baby. Mm-hmm. That show went through a lot of ups and downs. And then, yeah, I mentioned it at the onset. Breakfast Club came out in February of 85, which is uh, surprising. So a lot of fun. Uh, big, big things came out in 85. Notable moments.
1: It is surprising. I had the uh, the Dukes of Hazzard, uh matchbox cars.
2: Uh, I had that, too. I had the the um, Amigo figures that came with the General Lee, and you could put them in the General yeah, Lee. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yep, General Lee. Yep.
2: Just a good old boy. Where you were introduced to the names Enos and Cooter. Yes,
1: yes. I don't think I really watched that show, though. I just really liked the car. Yeah.
2: Really? I watched it. It was on CBS.
1: I mean, you watched literally every show. If there's one thing that this podcast has told me, taught me, it's that... There's very few things that you didn't see in in from 1978 through
2: 1992. Well, I did not see Young Guy Christian uh when that when that came
1: out. I can't compete right because it barely I don't think it aired. Yeah. It's an unaired pilot, isn't uh, it?
2: it? it the pilot did air.
1: Oh, right. but it
2: got, you know.
1: I still got to watch that. It looks yeah, good. Yeah, you have to
2: watch that. If you've never not seen Young Guy Christian, ladies and gentlemen, uh go check that out. Barry Bostwick did a uh, It's on our Instagram, actually, the intro to the show.
1: But I bet, so you're saying it aired. I bet if we looked at what else aired that night, we would know exactly why you didn't see that pilot. Oh, probably. We'd be like, oh, because the Buck Rogers um, Thanksgiving episode was on at the same time. You
2: just popped that theme song in my head.
1: (laughs) And that's a good song to end on. Thanks, everybody. Good night.
2: Yeah, Suzanne Snyder next week. 80s Kids Unite, the week after that, territory marks, rounds out the month of February. Hope everybody has a great Lunar New Year. Year of the Dragon. Oh, there we go. Chinese New Year, Tibetan New Year. Chinese New Year, Tibetan New Year. It's the Year of the Dragon. I am a dragon. Uh, maybe we're going to be covering some dragons in March for Martial Art Madness. Stay tuned for that.
1: Wouldn't that be something? And hey, guys, if you are so inclined to uh, drop us a rating and a review, we don't always ask to do that, but it does help us and help the show. So if you're listening at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, wherever you're listening, drop a review. It takes two seconds of your time. Uh, we appreciate it.
2: So uh, don't give out Valentine's this year. Just... Show your love by giving us love.
1: Yeah, you know what you should do is go, like, knock on your neighbor's door and be like, Trick or Valentine. And then they'll <laughs> be like, what's wrong with you? And then you run away. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Valentine. Yes. What? Yep. Like, I'm St. Valentine. I am Cupid. And then you just shoot him in the butt with an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, do you just
2: fell in love? And you are going to jail.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: But before you go to jail, go to patreon.com slash two dollar fee and consider signing up or give us a review. Show us some love. We'll show you love back. You know we do. We love you all. Thank you all for listening. Happy season five, everybody. Happy season five, y'all's. <sighs> Yeehaw. Yeehaw.
0: listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win,
2: even in the 80s. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it a five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really...